Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, the world hates Christ, so naturally it hates his followers. Because we represent Christ. We're his ambassador. We're his children. So we're confronted as we were in the first verse. You're either a child of God or you're a child of Satan. That's the spiritual warfare that's going on and has since Satan fell from heaven. It continues today, but it's in the spirit and sometimes we don't even perceive it happening. What I just read from Billy Graham is a spiritual attack by Satan against Bible-believing Christians. As Christ followers, we are created in the image of God and redeemed to be His child. Then, if we truly are God's child, Pastor Mark will tell us that we should bear a family resemblance in our attitudes and behaviors. Whenever we find that we don't think as God thinks or act as Christ would act, we don't really need to excuse or even to work on that specific sin or weakness. What we need to do is strengthen our family ties so that we will naturally exhibit our family resemblance. This requires honesty about our own sin, fellowship with other Christians, and a love for others. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, with part one of our message entitled, Keep Your Boat in the Water. I'm going to give every single one of you at all of our campuses a boat. Just turn to your neighbor and said, I'm getting a boat. Go right ahead. How many of you ever had a boat? Let me see your hand. Can you tell me, is it true that a boat is, well, there's a big hole in the water that you just keep pouring money into? Could, could anybody say that's true? Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about that this morning. Now, you already know you're going to get a boat from me. It's a spiritual application. I want you in all our campuses to turn to your neighbor and say, here's the kind of boat I really want. Go right ahead. Tell them what kind of boat you'd want. Go ahead. Describe it. Well, a boat is always to be in water. So this morning, water is going to represent our world. Our boats should be in our world. And the world is the universe that Satan controls down here. It's seven some billion people. He's in charge of it. So we're going to, we're going to understand as we open scripture today that there is a, there's a challenge. The title of the teaching is keep your boat in the water, but we're going to see we should keep our boats in the water in the world, but we have to be very careful of two or three things that I'll outline for you. We begin in 1 John, where I've asked you to turn, chapter 3, verse 9. The Apostle John begins this way. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed, God's life, remains in him. 
He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. One day, Jesus said to Nicodemus, a very religious Jewish leader, he'd come to Jesus. His religion kind of didn't provide what he needed. Religion is always a dead end. And he said to Jesus, basically, how do I get to heaven? And Jesus simply responded, if you want to go to heaven, you have to be born again. You see, that's what John is saying. When a person becomes a believer, they are born into the family of God. And God's DNA, just like when you were born, your parents' sperm and egg came together, and that DNA that comes in you makes you look, one of you or both of you, or however, like your parent or both parents. That DNA is transferred into you, and it's called the new birth, and we begin to look like our Heavenly Father. We begin to live like our Heavenly Father. We're given a new nature, and that nature is life instead of death. And that new nature, John says it this way, if you're truly born again, you will not practice sinning. So what I want you to write today at all of our campuses is this. First thing to write, no real Christ follower practices sin or lives a life of habitual sin. If I call myself a believer, I'm not going to be living in a lifestyle of sin. When I open the Bible, the Bible says, don't do that. I said, well, I messed up a couple of times. Okay, that's different. We all sin. But you can say, well, I don't really agree with that. I'm just going to live in this lifestyle. Well, then you're not a real believer. That's exactly what John said. You're not exhibiting who lives in you, who is God. Well, look how he takes it further. Now, remember, 1 John is all about knowing that you know that you know. That's why we have this background here. That's what we're learning, all kinds of things. Watch what John says. This is how we know. This is how we know who the children of God are. How can we tell our who are the children of God and who the children of the devil are? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. So this is important. I want you to look at me, pay attention. This is hugely simple, but amazingly profound. John says there's only two kinds of children that exist in the whole world. Seven plus billion people. There's only two kinds of children. A person is either a child of God or a person is a child of Satan. Now notice, no one can belong to both families and there is no medium family. There's no category in the middle. John says you're either a child of God or you're a child of Satan. Now, I want you to think about that a moment. What that simply means is this. When you and I were born, we were all born a child of Satan. We have the DNA of sin that came from Adam and Eve. It was transferred to every single person. So I'm born a sinner. So were you. Unless I change, unless I become born again spiritually by asking God to forgive me of my sins, doesn't matter what church you go to, doesn't matter how good you are, unless I become born again, I remain a child of Satan. You say, well, I don't believe that at all. That's because you're deceived. You say, well, I'm a child of myself. No, you're not. You'll see today you're driven and controlled by Satan. The family you're in is the one that drives you, controls you, and encourages you. So there has to be a time that I, that I change from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. And how do I know that I've done that? Here's two things. I want you to write them down this morning. John just told us two absolute proofs. 
Proof number one. A child of God versus a child of Satan, Christ follower, lives right by obeying the word of God. That's what John says. I will live right. In other words, that's why we teach the Bible. You say, well, I'm just a good person. I never opened the Bible. Well, you never live right because it's not intuitive. You have a sin nature. So we teach the word of God so that you and I can obey the word of God. So proof number one is right there. Here's proof number two. A child of God as we belong, is going to love other children of God. We're going to be in the family together. We're going to love other believers. And of course, really, it expands even past that. Eventually, we're going to love the world. Now, speaking about this, this isn't a new message at all. Look at John, 1 John 3.11. Every one of our campuses, look at the next line. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. When Jesus stepped on the earth, he says, love God, love people, everything's together. That fulfills everything. Scoot on down to verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life. We pass from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God because we love, emphasis again, our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. So loving others, loving other Christians proves we know God. Why? Because God's love. That love is agape love, God's love. I can't have that without God helping me, and he empowers me with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not new at all. I'm to love God, and I'm to love people. Love is a what? Well, Pastor Mark, I, I just give me a hug. Well, hug's fine, but that's not a verb. A verb is showing, doing something, put it into action. So John says, there's lots of proofs that you'll be a believer, that you're in the kingdom of God, that the seed of God is in you. One of them is, we just talked about it. Now, look at verse 15 and, and, and see the opposite of love. It's, it's a challenge to us. Look at it. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Now, back early on in the book of Matthew, Jesus did the Sermon on the Mount. And the Old Testament said, don't murder. Jesus said, well, that's true, but I'm going to go farther. If you hate somebody, it's like you murdered him. So Jesus took the external law and he moved it right into our heart. It was all about our heart. Jesus said this, if you commit adultery, that's sin. But if you look at a man or a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. What? So he took it to the heart because that's really the center of our being. Now, hatred can be expressed in lots of ways. Typically, we wouldn't go around and say, I hate you. We would just isolate ourselves from the person. Or we'd be angry at them and they don't even know it. We're envious of them. We're, we're bitter. Now, if we don't solve that kind of emotions, it doesn't destroy that other person. It eventually destroys you. So none of us love perfectly. So what is John saying? I mean, am I ever angry at another person? How many are married again? Let me see your hand. Takes care of that. Now let's move on again. Those of you thinking about getting married, notice what I've been doing here. You think very hardly about it. Okay. So since I don't love perfectly and sometimes I get angry, what is John saying? You want to write this down because it'll make you feel better. No Christ follower is characterized by habitual hate, or as Jesus would say, murder. In other words, you're here and you're a believer and you say you're a believer. And I say to him, well, how come you're not in a small group? Or how come you're always sitting by yourself and you don't want anybody next to you? Well, Pastor Mark, I really don't like people. And in fact, they kind of hate people. I'm making exaggeration. Well, you have a problem. Well, no, I don't have a problem. That's just my personality. Yeah, well, you're then in the wrong family. That's the personality of Satan. That's not the personality of God. God is love. Go back to verse 12, because we're going to see this anger actually extend itself 
to murder. Watch this. Do not be like Cain. Now remember, Adam and Eve had two sons initially, Cain and Abel. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one. Notice what kingdom he's in. And he murdered his brother, Abel. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brother's were righteous. So John gives us an example of someone whose hatred, anger, and envy actually led to to murdering his brother. Now, how did all that happen? Well, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God killed an animal. First time ever, because we were created initially vegetarian. Later, God expanded that, and we can eat whatever we want. It has nothing to do with Christianity. Meats, all the rest. Well, when they sinned, God killed an animal first time. Shed the blood. Blood is necessary for forgiveness of sins. Well, Adam and Eve had children. Of course, they're going to tell their children. They're going to sin. You need to offer sacrifices. You need to give your first fruits to God. And that will include, of course, the shedding of blood. So Abel did that. Cain decided to do it his own way. He wasn't interested in obeying his parents or obeying God. Now, understand that's pretty much what happens in our homes. A mom and dad can be a believers, and they raise their children. Every child has to decide when they're old enough what they're going to do. You don't become a Christian by being born in a family of Christians. You have to decide you're going to obey God or not. So when Adam and Eve explained that, the boys knew Abel did what was right. God accepted his offering. Cain did what was wrong. God didn't accept it. Who did Cain get angry at? Abel. He got so angry and so jealous and so bitter. He literally killed first time we ever see anyone in the world being killed. What does that show us? He was not a believer. He chose to be a child of Satan. He remained in Satan's family. And the goal of Satan, don't forget it, steal, kill, and destroy. So Cain decided to worship God his way, and it never worked. Now, because of that hate, the reason Cain killed Abel, because he hated him, equal to murder. The next verse may surprise you. Look what John says. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world, kingdom of Satan, if the world hates you. That shouldn't surprise you. We'll get to some other passages quickly. You remember not long ago, we discovered that the IRS, in a political move, started picking certain people to make it very difficult for them in their tax returns, in their companies. How many, how many remember all that stuff? Okay, You probably didn't hear this one. I didn't until recently, but it was in the Charlotte News. How many know the Billy Graham organization? Anybody know the Billy Graham organization? Yeah, Billy Graham. And, and uh, Franklin Graham, his son, does Samaritan's Purse and heads the Billy Graham organization. I just read a letter, don't have time to give it to you this morning, where Franklin Graham wrote to President Obama, not because President Obama did this, but just because he's the head of the government. And in 2010... Both of those Christian organizations were targeted by the IRS the same way, went through all of the stuff for absolutely nothing wrong with them. Just hours and hours and weeks and weeks and weeks, whatever. Because somebody was angry at them. They hated them. Why would they hate the Billy Graham organization? Billy Graham is one of the most honorable men we've ever seen, ever. Why did they hate him? Because during the election, they put full-page ads, the Billy Graham organization did, and they simply said this. They didn't tell you who to vote for. They just said, simply said this, vote the Bible. Why were they hated? Because of the Bible. 
not political. So don't be surprised if the world hates you. You said, Pastor Mark, that's like taking it too far. You've just begun to see what's going to happen. Now, turn, if you will, to John 15. You know, I told you, we're just recently, we got back when we were ministering in Asia. I was around the table teaching 14 guys. Four of them had been in prison last year for four months. Why? Because the world hates Christians. Now, this is not news to Jesus. Watch what John 15, all of our campuses, scoot down to verse 18. Jesus says this, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as your own. As it is, see, speaking to his disciples, you don't belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. 2,000 years ago. It's the same today. The world hated Christ. The Bible says Jesus came to his own people and his own people rejected him. Jesus' brothers told everyone that he was an idiot. He was, a, he was mentally off until the cross. You see, the world hates Christ, so naturally it hates his followers because we represent Christ. We're his ambassador. We're his children. So we're confronted as we were in the first verse. You're either a child of God or you're a child of Satan. That's the spiritual warfare that's going on and has since Satan fell from heaven. It continues today, but it's in the spirit, and sometimes we don't even perceive it happening. What I just read from from Billy Graham is a spiritual attack by Satan against Bible-believing Christians. Now, you're close. A couple chapters more. Everybody turn to John 17, verse 14. Now, I want you to see, and this is very important, Because as we begin to look at this, we're not surprised. Jesus in John 17, it's his prayer, and he prays an important thing. He's praying for himself and for the disciples then and for us. Watch what he says. He's praying to his father. I have given them, Father, your word. Jesus taught the Bible to his disciples. And the world has hated them, for they are not of this world any more than I am of this world. Here's what you want to write. Everybody needs to understand this. What was Jesus saying? It's crucial to know this so that we can understand how to react to the world hatedness. Christ followers are in the world. You're here this morning. Physically, no-brainer. We live in the world, all of us. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. In other words, even though we live in the world, of course, our lifestyle is different from the world. We don't share the world's values, morals, goals, priority. Now, I want you to look at me. I want everybody to look at me. We're not better than anybody. We're just different. And not like we're different. If you're weird different, you draw attention to the wrong thing. That's why we don't ever allow in our campuses, we'll have everybody worshiping like they want to worship, no problem with that. But if it begins to draw attention to yourself, well, that's not why we're worshiping God, not somebody in the aisle. Okay? Same here. If you, somebody goes down the street and go, that's one of them weird Christians. Wrong, wrong emphasis. We're different because of our morals, our values. Everything that we stand for is different. Now, notice the world really hates us for two reasons. Christ. 
Christ living in us. You can speak about God all day. The minute you mention Christ, whoo, that's the card. That's it. And the second thing is, the world hates us because of God's word. Jesus just said that they hate me because I gave them. Why does the world hate us because of the word? Because the world is, the word is truth. And we're, we're confronted to change when we're confronted with the truth. Amen? Why do you think we teach the word? Because it tells us how to live. The world says, I don't need to know how to live. I live my own way. Hello, Cain. No, I'll just do it my way. No, that's not right. So the world hates you, hates me, because they're part of Satan. Satan hates Christ, because Christ defeated him already. He didn't know it then, but he knew it, knows it today, and eventually he's going to be defeated finally. And Satan hates the Word of God. So what do many of our churches do today? Well, they don't teach the Word of God, because they want to get more people. Well, you get more people, don't teach the Word of God, you have nothing. You have no truth, no change. Now... Here's the question. I want, I want you to face it this morning. The world hates us. Thanks, Pastor Mike. This is a really great sermon. So here's the reason. How do we react to a world that hates us? I'm going to give you three keys. Here's number one. And all of them have a boat in it. Number one, I don't isolate from the world. Notice the boat. The boat is not in the water. The boat's on the land. I, I, just because the world hates me, I don't isolate. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't want to be around them. I don't like them people. I get away from them people. I just want to hang around Christians. No, not at all. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, do you have any scripture that says we shouldn't do that? Glad you ask. Look at John 17. Look at the end of verse 15. Actually, the beginning of it. Jesus says this to his father. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. See, often Christ followers seem to want to have no contact with unbelievers. But Jesus said, Father, leave them in their boats. Have their boats be in the water. That's where the unbelievers are. We're to be light in our dark world. How can you be light if you're not around the people that are in darkness? So we can't isolate. Well, Pastor Mike, they hate us. We can't isolate. One day, Jesus called a person to follow him. His name was Matthew. He was Levi. He was a tax collector. Next thing we notice, Jesus goes into, Levi throws him a going away party because he walked away from everything. And he goes into a house and he invites all his old friends. They're all unbelievers. They're tax collectors. They did everything wrong. And the religious rulers, the Pharisees and the teachers are outside the house, and they're talking to the disciples. Let me read it to you. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to the sect complained to his disciples, why does Jesus and why do you eat with these tax collectors and sinners? What are you doing in there mixing it up with them? Jesus answered, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. Pastor Mark asked us, how do we know who children of God are and who the children of Satan are? There are no other options. He shared with us that a child of God or a Christian lives right by obeying God's word. A child of God also loves other Christians. Unless we change by becoming born again, we're a child of Satan. Every person lives in one of these families and we must choose for ourselves. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 6117. And the title of this message is Keep Your Boat in the Water, but... Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is 6117. And the title of this message is Keep Your Boat in the Water, but... Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue with Pastor Mark through the book of 1 John. Pastor Mark will share with us that we shouldn't be surprised when the world hates us. It's not a fun message to hear, but we need to know how to react to a world that rejects us and God's Word. But the Word tells us we should go into all of the world and tell others about Jesus. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear Your lessons for this.